Some of you may have noticed that I've been away from the podcast for a couple of weeks, more or less the month of July. I've taken a, a little bit of a break, I think largely because I've been in a very introverted, introspective season. And so it hasn't necessarily felt very congruent to be speaking out loud, doing something more public. One of the seasons of introversion for me has been to work on and, and now mostly complete a book about grief that I've been writing for the last few years. And now that that has come to this stage of completion, those of you who've written a book know that there's like lots of benchmarks for done. There's the first draft, there's the second draft after it's been edited, and then there are lots of levels of tweaking and improvement and modification along the way. But I reached this point where the book was done, it went through one round of edits with a professional editor. I went through it a few more times and then it's now sitting with um, a couple friends and family members for kind of another round of editing slash I write a lot about my family in the book and want to make sure that the things that I've written are okay with them, that sharing the parts of our story that I've written about in the book is something that they consent to. So that's where it is. It's incubating with the people I love and it'll come back to me for another round of edits and then hopefully on to the next part of the journey. But all that to say, because I've been working so much on packaging these very internal, deeper, personal thoughts for sharing with the world, I think I've not necessarily had the the energy to share more in the context of the podcast. And on one hand, I come from a, a school of thought or a way of working that is really about like ship every day, whether you feel like it or not, like show up for your work, push yourself through, dig down deep, do the hard thing. And that kind of consistency and motivation and just discipline has been very helpful to me over the course of my life and career. My life as an athlete and certainly my career as a professional. But I think I'm also learning to listen to the invitation to be wise about different kinds of seasons that I might be in or different kinds of energy. So for example, there's a space to shift from ship no matter what to, hey, listen to the internal wisdom of needing more quiet or listen to the internal wisdom of needing to be more introspective rather than externalizing or extroverted. Listen to the invitation to go slow and do less sometimes. And I find that that is the difficult balance that many of us as entrepreneurs face. Most of us are pretty hard driving folk. And so to balance deep motivation and discipline with also an internal, maybe more nurturing wisdom that says it's enough for today or enough for now, I think is one of the, the superpowers of mental health that many of us are trying to kind of work out or strike a balance to. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit on the podcast today, that balance between discipline and nurture. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. 
I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Nobody becomes a successful entrepreneur or successful at much in life without a deep sense of self-discipline, an inner compass or an intrinsic motivation that makes us do things sometimes over and over, regardless of whether we really feel like it or want to or not. This is something that that my husband, Rob, is very good at. We talk about him as the relentless executor. (laughs) Whatever he sets his mind to, he accomplishes largely because he shows up every day, day after day, and does the work. And this is, of course, the superpower of all successful athletes, anyone who is mastering any kind of task that requires a lot of practice, requires a lot of work, requires you to be productive and simply show up over and over and over with your game face on, with your mind engaged. Productivity is the word. Getting the work done. And this is, of course, the deep lore of entrepreneurship and what a lot of the self-help around the entrepreneurial community is designed to do. It's designed to help you optimize your productivity, whether that's by engaging in morning routines or different meditation practices, different mindsets, different mantras. It's the discipline of butts in seats, mind engaged, grind it out. And man, we need this energy. I hope you're not hearing me be critical of this at all because all of us who, again, are doing something worth doing need the energy to just show up and do it regardless of how we feel. And this is where the great satisfaction comes. It's in the delayed gratification of trying over and over, building something, being resilient to rejection, using time well and carefully. So self-discipline is built largely through routines. It's the ability to set up Schedules, parameters, in some ways, repetition that just helps you drill it out. So when we talk about how to optimize discipline, if that's what you're feeling like you're needing more of, it is that sort of butts and seats by by 9 a.m. Put the noise-canceling headphones on, work through your to-do list, starting with the most difficult thing, the most challenging thing. This is where context cues are helpful. We've talked about this a lot in the podcast, the sense in which you're creating a space for yourself that optimizes your ability to focus and just get things done, minimizes distractions, maybe even putting on a kind of quote unquote work uniform that helps you to feel focused. Maybe it's when you put on your glasses or you set the stage for your most responsible, professional, dedicated entrepreneurial self to come to the forefront and really drive the boat for the day. The focus here is on clear task execution. It's on making those lists and crossing off the things, having tight feedback loops so that you're breaking big tasks like writing a book into much smaller tasks so that you can cross it off and experience the satisfaction, the the dopamine hit, the feedback loop within your brain that loves the completion of a task. And I think leaning into our own self-discipline is incredibly important right now when there is so much chaos around us, when many of us are experiencing very disrupted schedules, children at home, children distance learning, maybe never going back to school, who knows, but there's this sense of disruption in the world. And I think self-discipline is a vote towards controlling what you can control. It's a shift towards your own inner self that says, okay, There's a lot of chaos out there in the world. There's a lot of things that might be impacting the development and growth of my business. And I can't do a lot about those things, but I can do something about myself. I can do something about my own ability to show up every day with a cup of coffee in hand, 
ready to get some work done. Organization, repetition, and execution are the model here. And in a a deeper psychological way, this is the part of us that is that internal parent, right? The parental voice inside of us that's like, make your bed, do your laundry, brush your teeth, get your things done. This is the early developmental model of teaching us how to be functional in the world. So now that we're ostensibly grownups, there's that voice that still lives inside of us that reminds us to do things well and do things right and do things consistently so that we can kind of operate safely within the guardrails of our lives. In terms of an internal intrapsychic voice, this may be kind of a, a paternal director, the disciplinarian, the hard driving teacher, coach. And again, incredibly valuable to us in every area of our lives in which we desire to be successful or attain some mastery. But there is another side to all of this, which the side that I alluded to at the beginning, which I think is this more nurturing, maybe more maternal intrapsychic voice. And by maternal, I'm speaking archetypally or stereotypically. I'm not relating these traits back to men or women per se. When I'm speaking about these internal characters or internal voices, it's kind of in the Jungian sense in which we all have a cast of characters that live within us that come from different parts of our society that may or may not actually map onto our literal parents. And the inner nurturer, I think, is in some ways the counterbalance to the disciplinarian that lives inside of us. As important as self-discipline is, when it is the only voice in us, it becomes quite problematic. And there's never a voice within us that allows us the space or the time or the freedom or maybe just gives us the reminder to rest, to reset or care for our emotional state to understand the emotional toll that our work takes on us and create space for restoration or for healing. When we listen to the internal nurturer, we are able to be more integrated with our work. We can be more heart forward or heart centered. It's less about tasks and execution and more about our passions, our deep interests, the things that really help us to come to life. Without the internal nurturer, most of us are on a highway to burnout because we will be taskmasters without really attending to any of the inner work. And even if you're building a SaaS company or you're building in a piece of accounting software, I, I think there's still so much of your heart and your soul and your dreams for your own life and your future and your family that do go into your work. So no, no work is soulless work, especially if in your, you're an entrepreneur. There's no way to really separate your internal experience from the external work that you do. So the internal nurturer is the one that reminds us when it's maybe time to step back from lots of public work for a little while, or the one that reminds us that our emotional state around our work matters too. It's the internal nurturer that we're inviting in when we look at our task list and do an authentic evaluation of how we feel about each of those tasks with the idea that the tasks that suck the most life out of us should ideally be redistributed to someone else or moved off of our to-do list over time. The tasks that bring us most to life are things that we should double down on and give our time and energy to because of course it multiplies the amount of 
internal resources that we have available for building our company. The internal nurturer is also the one that reminds us that in a time of pandemic and deep uncertainty, it's not maybe possible to get everything done with the same speed and accuracy which we would have done a year ago or maybe are used to being able to execute. It's the internal nurturer that reminds us that sometimes less is more. One or two difficult tasks done with accuracy and integrity may be more important than stomping through the whole list in a day. And I feel like many of my entrepreneurial clients are a little bit less well acquainted with their internal nurturer as they are with their internal disciplinarian. Most of us know going into our work that it's going to be hard work and that we have to slog it out and we have to have butts in seats and we have to just get shit done for lack of a better term. But I don't know that most of us go into our entrepreneurial journey realizing that we also have to tend to our inner world if we want to do it for the long term. We have to be able to nurture ourselves with rest, with encouragement, with shaking up the way the days look, with giving ourselves space to take off a Friday afternoon, with giving ourselves space for flexibility and for empathy towards ourselves when the disciplinary tactics are breaking down. So it is a tough balance when to push, when to say, hey, I don't care how you feel, get to work, do the hard thing. And when to say, hey, you're feeling off today, maybe a shorter day or some different tasks or a little bit more emotional space is going to be really helpful. You can't do one tactic all the time. You can't do the slog of discipline every day, every day, every day. But if you are maybe overly nurturing, it's also possible that you're making excuses and not getting things done, not really moving your business forward. Both the disciplinarian and the nurturer can be pathological or problematic when they're overused. So you really do need this kind of yin and yang balance between the two parts of yourself. And it may sound like a strange exercise, but for entrepreneurs who are really kind of struggling to get well acquainted with both of these internal characters, I sometimes ask them to draw them out or find something, you know, some kind of Google image that kind of represents for them what the internal disciplinarian looks like and what the internal nurturer looks like. And yes, it often kind of breaks down along masculine, feminine, maternal, paternal kind of lines. It doesn't have to by any means. Sometimes the disciplinarian is a thick, strong old oak tree to engage the sense of like steadiness and consistency and stability where the nurturer might be the seed of a dandelion that's flying in the wind, that's more flexible and fluid and able to adapt more readily or more easily to changing emotional states. I think the key here is whether you visualize them or create an image around them or not, it's to realize that both voices exist within you and both both voices are necessary within you. But the extent to which you override one in favor of the other too often can be problematic. So creating a space at the table, both for the parts of you that are relentless executors and the parts of you that are encouragers are more emotionally empathetic, that your business needs all of it. Your success requires all of it. And your heart and soul is going to be 
the fullest and most functional when both parts of you have a seat at the table. So as I said in the intro, I've felt a little more need in the last month or so to engage that nurturer and so took a little bit of time away from the podcast in favor of shifting my energy and attention toward my book and kind of doing some inner work to prepare to share that work more publicly with the world. So stay tuned for the eventual release of the book, which doesn't have a title yet, but um, is something that I have poured a lot of myself into and I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing with you. If that's of interest to you, you can definitely sign up for the Zen Founder mailing list, which you can do at zenfounder.com or at sherrywalling.com. Both paths will lead you towards the mailing list. And I will certainly be posting there as it gets closer to book release time. In the meantime, happy discipline, happy nurture. Go out there and get some good work done, but with your heart and soul intact. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.